are back with Where Are They Now? My guest in episode 47 has spent quite a bit of time on the airwaves. After growing up in Martinsville and attending Virginia Western Community College, his radio career took off with stops at 1240 WROV, a swing personality at CBS Radio, spent some time with iHeartMedia, and now morning show host at US 102.3 FM, the crossroads of country and rock. And then you can hear him middays at Y100, the true oldies channel in Ocala, Florida. From the new US 1023, hey there, it's Barry Michaels. They like it big in Texas. A Montana-based company broke a Guinness World Record when it unveiled a giant belt buckle that measures nearly 15 feet across in Texas. Montana silversmiths had the belt buckle shipped to its Dallas showroom in four parts. <laughs> Jeez. And the pieces were then assembled into the world's largest belt buckle. Guinness World Records confirmed the massive belt buckle. A replica of the company's most popular buckles measured 10 feet by 6 inches tall and 14 feet and 6 and a half inches wide. Enough to claim that record. The big horn trophy buckle features the silhouette of a cowboy with golden flowers, silver stars, and the company's signature silver filigree. So, if you got some chance here when you uh, get to work, you know, as George Carlin, the famous comedian, says, when you go to work, the first 20 minutes are yours, right? Take that 20 minutes and go take a look at that belt buckle. Barry Michaels Mornings. Hey, wake up! On US 1023, the crossroads of country and rock. Barry Michaels is on right now. The True Oldies channel is Y100. Johnny Rivers on Ocala's True Oldies station. Y100. Cute story. A LaBelle Florida cowboy and his horse have become local celebrities with their weekly trips to the local Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru. If you'd like to see a picture of him, the rider, and the horse, Jackson, since we're in horse country, go take a look at our Facebook page. It's True Oldies Ocala. Isley Brothers. Barry Michaels, it is a treat to have you on the podcast. Well, it's my treat. I get to talk to the famous, not the infamous, the famous Larry Dowdy. How you doing today, Larry? Thanks for having me on your show. I am doing so well. Now, we're going to talk about your your two radio gigs. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. Okay. But you grew up in Martinsville. I did. Was that where you first dreamed of one day being on the radio? I mean, you had WMVA and plenty of Greensboro stations coming through loud and clear. You know, you're absolutely right, Larry. I did have those wonderful stations. But growing up, as I did out there on 15 acres of land, I actually, my mother and father gave me a, a Toshiba 8 transistor radio with a brown leather carrying case. I'll never forget that. And I would sit at night and listen to the faraway radio stations. That little Toshiba radio gave me the opportunity to hear this guy who went on to make a name for himself. I got to hear Wolfman Jack across the border in Mexico. So I got to hear some pretty wonderful things. And I, I certainly don't want to take away from local radio. We had WMVA, as you mentioned, and WHEE as well. Uh, and they were great stations. But in some cases, it was difficult for me to pick up those stations way out in the country where I was. So I tuned to the stations coming out of Chicago and New York. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your time at 1240 WROV. I mean, you you were part of that legendary staff that made a thousand watt daytime station bigger than life and well known across the country. When you were at WROV AM, uh, was that just 
a a perfect time for top 40 music, Barry? It was. It was an absolute perfect time. And career-wise, when I think back on that time, Larry, I think about how I thought at that time that I had hit the big time because ROV was a radio station that was admired by many millions of radio persons, of, of people across the United States. Uh, I thought, too, that it was the big time because it was one of the first times that I was actually raided by then Arbitron. And with the way that Bert Levine, the uh, manager, ran the radio station, yeah, I, I felt like I was in the big time. But I also felt, too, that I didn't want to make mistakes on the air and I wanted to be the very best that I could be every day because those other guys there at the station, they were really good, real, real good. When you got the job at... WROV, and after doing some time, see, you you did middays there, correct? I did. I actually started overnight, which is a good place. That's a good place to train. You know, you you've got a, a, a young radio personality. You put him on overnight, let him get familiar with the console and the equipment and the people. Of course, you know, mm -hmm. you and I both know that overnight listeners and midday listeners are two entirely different people. But it was good that they it, they worked it that way. They were very smart to have done it that way. And then when they did put me on midday, a couple of weeks later, I was ready to go. Were you surprised walking in the door at WRV, the magnitude of talent that this little 1,000-watt AM station, 1,000-watt during the day, 250 watts at night, which meant it got about six blocks, it seems like. Uh, I mean, the, the amount of talent that station had in it. It was never ending. And, and I got to tell you that I never forgot while I was on the air and off the air, this radio station, this wonderful radio station that I worked at. You got to remember, Larry, when I was going to college at Virginia Western, I rode around all day long because I was a delivery driver for Lazarus. So <laughs> I, I, I know I did that. And I, I've done a lot of different things. Of course, I've learned later in my radio career that doing all these wonderful things and in, in before you got into radio helped to get you ready for it because it, it, it made you a little more well-rounded. But I, I rode around Roanoke all day long listening to ROV. And yes, I would talk to the steering wheel. Yes, I would talk to the windshield. And I would mimic what I heard. I would go, yeah, 1240 WROV, Barry Michaels here. And, you know, I was practicing, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to mimic what I heard on the air with those guys because they were so incredibly good. I also listened to another station in Salem in that time. It was AM. It was uh, called Blue. Is that right, Larry? Mm -hmm. WBLU. Yeah. WBLU. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to them to Big Blue. I thought they were pretty good too, but they were only daytimers at that time. Here's the here's a little bit of inside scoop about what an important radio station the WROV was. Years for years and years after I left, I would be sitting in a program director's office and he would look across the desk at me and he'd say, So you worked at ROV? And I go, Yeah, I did. And he would look back across me the desk at me and he'd go, okay, hide. <laughs> that's how much, that's how much, how important that radio station was, Larry, a thousand watt, as you pointed out, a thousand watt daytime, two fifty at night. I would have people hire me. Of course they would listen to my tape, but they, 
that was like an instant door opener right there for me is working at ROV. And let me tell you, that lasted for years and years and years. Well, I tell you, your your time at WROV was, was amazing. I mentioned in the open that you had spent some time at CBS Radio. Tell us a little bit about that. That was really fun. I worked for two radio stations uh, there. I was doing what they call swing work for them. And I worked for country, and I also worked for an adult contemporary station. One was called Sunny, and one was was WIRK. And it was really cool to get off the air after playing a George Strait song and run down the uh, hall and start playing Avril Lavigne. I really enjoyed that because I I liked the diversity in working for those two CBS stations. But later on in my career, Larry, when I was able to work for the ABC radio networks, in Dallas, the, one of the biggest thrills in my life is that my son became a medic in the United States Army, and he was stationed in Sarajevo. And from the time that I would speak in Dallas, Texas, until he could hear it on the Armed Forces Network, it was like four, five, one hundreds of a second. And it was this was the even bigger thrill that my son could be in a foreign country. And here's dad on the radio. Oh, that, that's fabulous. Now, now Barry, you, you've done something I didn't do much of, and that was move around. I mean, I'm basically a, a Roanoke boy. I moved to Baltimore for a year. That was fun. But, you know, I, I look back at your career, all the uh, the, the cities you, you've worked in over the years. Uh, you, you made a return to our area, to uh, iHeartRadio. Yes. And, uh, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about from there where you moved to by moving all around. Yeah. That's a, a bit of a strain, you know, packing a box, moving, unpacking, then eventually a year or so later, uh, you know, packing up again and moving are all listeners the same or did you learn in every market you worked in? It's something a little different about every market you worked in. I worked, too, in Baltimore and loved my time there. That Inner Harbor is an absolutely beautiful place, Larry, as you well know. Yes. But I, I can tell you that, at least from my standpoint, every, every person that I met, whether it was in Baltimore or Orlando or Sacramento or Houston, Texas, Listeners, radio listeners to me are all the same. They, if you give to them, they'll give, they'll give back to you. And of course, obviously the cities themselves, to answer your question, the cities themselves are different. And that's what I enjoyed. And I think, uh, you see, Larry, I seriously don't have any talent, but I was always the guy who said, okay, I'll move. I'll do it. Pick me. You see, and now, Larry, <laughs> after after doing this for 50 years, I can say that, yeah, I still have no talent, but I have outlasted everybody else. I'm still on the air. <laughs> Which I find amazing, but I say good for you. Now, you're in Ocala, Florida right now. I am. Uh, you're doing mornings at US 102.3 FM, which, by the way, I love the format. The great? Crossroads of Country and Rock. Yeah. Whoever came up with that, genius. 
And you do a midday show on Y100 True Oldies. I just, I can't, I can't get enough of radio, Larry. That's what it is. <laughs> well, that's probably why we got into it. We get hooked, uh, <laughs> so to speak. I mean, those those formats have to be right up your alley. You you did country music when you were at iHeart, of course, at ROV and other places. You did Top 40 and of course, now the top 40 is considered oldies. you got to love these two formats you're working with right now. I do. I love both of them. And it's my mom and my dad who actually got me started on this, this path, these different formats, because my dad was, he was a solid country guy. He comes out of the Army, and I can remember riding around with him when I came into this life, and we were listening to Hank Jr. and Furland Husky and all those classic country guys. And then my mom is one of my fondest memories. Now, I, I want your, your listeners to think about this scenario for a second. My mom was very proud of the fact that at the paddle knitting company in Martinsville, she was the person who put the tags on the bottom of chairs that said, do not remove. <laughs> now, she was very proud of that, okay? So you didn't do that. She was actually working at the American of Martinsville. But it was the 1960s. My mom and dad had a 1955 Ford. And when mom would get paid, she'd take her paycheck over, cash it, and she'd give us a couple of dollars for hot dogs and soft drinks. And then we'd go cruising home, no seat belts, 50, 60, 70 miles an hour, with the radio turned up loud and I'm listening to the Beatles. It was a heck of a memory, but you can't do it now, Larry. No, no, you can't. But you got to remember the cars of that day were like tanks on tires. Yeah, they, they actually were. I had absolutely no fear. The windows were down in the summertime, and my mom is singing at the top of her lungs and my sister, too. It was, a, you know, that to me puts it into context for how magical, I'm getting goosebumps, how really <laughs> magical that radio is. How, that memory just reminds me of how magical it is, Larry. Oh, it is so true. Barry, do you feel the, the country of today is the equivalent of top 40 in the 70s and 80s, maybe all the way back to the 60s? I mean, country today has a bit of a pop sound and draws in listeners young and old. It does. It absolutely does. It's very broad now where I could almost say, and I would be honest in saying that we were up against a powerhouse radio station there in Roanoke, WSLC, as you know, Larry, mm -hmm. the AM. Uh, and that, that was... That was quite a competitor, those guys over there. But the thing to remember was is that they had a niche format. Uh, they were more like a rifle where ROV was a shotgun. I mean, we, we attracted everyone, whereas they didn't do that. So, yeah, I think that race, especially country music has broadened to the point now where they're attracting more and more people across the spectrum. And, and I like that. And I, there was a programmer in Orlando who actually hired me to do this. And he was the guy who put this format together. And I did shake his hand, and I did tell him this is a great idea, because to me, Eric Church, a huge country superstar, mm -hmm. and Leonard Skinner, they sound absolutely perfect back-to-back, -back, Larry. Well, you're exactly right. And when I was doing my homework for this podcast, I, I saw, you know, you're, you're doing a, a morning show on US 102.3 FM, the crossroads of country and rock, and I'm going... What? And then I was listening this morning and I thought, this is brilliant. 
why haven't more tried this before? But I mean, it, it is the perfect, perfect format. It is. It absolutely is. And I don't know of anyone else across the country that's doing it. It's really fun for me not only to do that every morning, but to walk across the hall and do 11 to 2 on the oldies channel because it, it, the cool thing about this was I either grew up listening to those songs and or I, uh, I played them on the air because I got into radio in 1972. So I got, and you know what I learned, Larry? I learned from playing these oldies again that I didn't appreciate. Of course, you, got to, you have to remember that you and I were listening to AM radio. And while we were on AM radio and we were playing these, these great songs, we didn't maybe appreciate them as we should have. I know I didn't because now when I go back and I play somebody like Linda Ronstadt, I say, oh my goodness, what a voice that woman has. And then for, for it to be silenced now, it's like so sad. But these people, I mean, like blood, sweat, and tears in Chicago, they put so much time and so much effort into what they were doing, and I really didn't appreciate them then, but I sure do now. Yeah, no, Barry, I know uh, a mutual friend of ours, in fact, uh, my cohort on the podcast, Two Larrys and a Mike, Larry Bly, uh, he, he likes to make fun of me when we do a podcast because he knows, I've told him, that uh, sadly, I only recognize the intro and the outro to a song because that's all I ever listened to in the 47 years I did radio. No, you're right. You're exactly right. And I can tell you, okay, all right, I'm going to get you to open up and tell me the truth, Larry. Have you ever been in your car, and have you ever talked up an intro? I guess in my mind, I don't think I've actually done it out loud. But if somebody, if somebody Barry, came and asked me, uh, what are these lyrics to? Chances are I won't know the answer. I got you. Well, I used to have four boys. Well, I still have four boys. I have four sons. And I used to talk up intros in the car, and they used to get such a kick out of it. Listen to what my dad can do. You know, they tell their friends about that. And to this day, I can still do the rap part in the Pet Shop Boys. Uh, you got a heart of glass or a heart of stone? Just you wait till I get you on. I can still do that after all these years. <laughs> oh, that, that's, that's, well, that's what they call 50 years of experience, Barry. Hey, uh, if you so. could name three of your favorite oldies from the 60s or 70s, if you want to go in the 80s, that's fine. What would they be? Three of your favorites is just popping your head right now. The first one would have to be Chicago's beginnings. I just think that is a stellar song. And I'm talking about the long version of it, too. It's a, a stellar song to not only listen to as, as a radio listener, but to play it on the air. There's a special feeling about coming out of what we call in our business a, a cluster of commercials, hitting a jingle, and then bam, going into that song. It is just absolutely beautiful. I love that. I love um, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I, I guess I'm going here with a commonality because I like rock and roll that has horns. I, I like that too. I love, I love, and whoever put Earth, Wind, and Fire together with, um, with those guys out on tour uh, in Chicago, I thought that was just absolutely brilliant. And the other guy uh, that I like and still like after all these years and still have my record album is Billy Joel. I think 52nd Street, that's probably one of the best albums ever. Hey, those are three good choices. Hey, you recently received recognition from the mayor of Ocala 
recognizing you for 50 years in the broadcast business. I mean, who does that, Barry? I know who does that. (laughs) (laughs) If you looked at me during the time of day in which you and I are recording this, then you would say, oh, well, I can see because Barry's eyes and and his face looks like 50 miles of bad Arizona highway because, you know, it's coming up on my bedtime here. True. Very soon because I'm up at Mm -hmm. three o'clock every day and, you know, and then doing two different radio stations. And it's funny, too, Larry, because your life really does come around. It, 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 It does come around for you because I can remember working at two different radio stations. Uh, early in my career, and I take three by five cards because I would have different names and there would be different call letters. So I would take those along with me. And you know what? I thought about doing that now at these two different radio stations. I haven't done it yet, but I haven't made the mistake of mentioning the wrong station on, on, on the wrong station or my, you know, another name. I just went ahead and got smart and started using the same name. <laughs> That's probably a smart thing to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I would I would be in one radio station. I'd be rocking Rick Thomas and then I'd be Barry Michaels on, on another one. And of course, we all went through a period. If we ever worked at nighttime in radio in the, in the 1970s, you always had to use the name Johnny Dark. <laughs> well, and I had to use that. Well, the, the hardest thing for me to get used to when I this is the only time I've ever used an air name was when I went to Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, I went by the name of Larry Dalton. And the reason I went by that name, the uh, consultant at the time, Mike Joseph, who was doing the hot hits format, yeah. uh, he had come in and done his research. Apparently, there were a lot of Daltons in the Baltimore area. Yeah. So that's why uh, I went with the name Dalton, but that was the hardest thing for me to remember. I'll bet it I'll bet it was because the name itself, Larry Dowdy, that that just rolls right off your tongue. That's absolutely perfect. And I'm sure that your radio listeners, your podcast listeners, I mean, you walk down the street and you say the name Larry Dowdy, they're going to know who you are because it's it's a perfect radio name. You know what? If Mike Joseph were around now, I'd probably slap him around a little bit and say, now, you're not going to get this guy to change his name. It's perfect. <laughs> well, I tell you, I, I learned so much from Mike Joseph. I, I'm with you. I don't know if he's still around or not, but uh, I mean, what a radio talent he was. Hey, is it true you have a special ride to work that you've had for some time? I do, Larry. I actually am still driving the 1973 Volkswagen that I bought brand new in Martinsville. Um, I was able to do something with it that you don't get to do today. I was actually able to drive that off the showroom floor and 570,000 miles later and across the country five times. Uh, and in every one of my radio moves, except when I first started out, I started out in, in Rocky Mount. And then by the time that I got to Collinsville and worked, the bug was with me. And it hasn't uh, it hasn't been out of my garage or out of my driveway since. Actually, uh, I think a pretty cool story about this. If you ever want to, uh, well, if you have a lot of time on your hands, you being retired, uh, you can go to my website and listen to a series of commercials that I wrote about the car. They were all true stories. And I was lucky enough to win some national, local, and regional awards for some of these commercials. They they were all from the heart, and they were all true stories. I'll tell you just a quick one. I was way out in the desert in California. There's a, a base out there called 29 Palms. 
and I was all by myself. It was right after dawn, and I'm, you know, I got the windows down because it's incredibly warm out there. And that's a place where the jets will practice, you know, their flight, their testing and everything else. And I had a jet come by me, and you know, it seemed like to me at thousands of miles an hour. And I just said, you know, what the heck? How how could – he's never going to see me anyway. So I put my arm out the window, and I waved at him. The guy does a barrel roll, comes back, goes really close to the earth. He's flying close to – to the earth, and he waggles his wings at me and smiles at me and gives me a salute. That's one of my most favorite moments in this life. What a great, great story. Barry, has it ever occurred to you how many folks have spent time listening to you? I mean, stations you've worked at from north to south, east to west, all tuning into a fella that grew up in Martinsville, Virginia. I never thought it was ever going to be possible. The basis for for me putting together that website, I was once out of work, so I took about a year and, and learned computers, and I'm so glad I did, Larry. I learned to put a, a, a website together, but the whole basis of that was me chasing a job at, at WLS. I want, that's where I wanted to go, and I, I grew up listening to them, and I thought that they were the best thing ever, and it broke my heart today that they went news talk, but obviously, AM radio was headed that way anyway, and even though as badly as I disliked leaving ROV, I think we could all see at least by 1981 that the days were numbered. I mean, my goodness, I remember sitting in my basement and listening to K92 when, when they signed on. And it's almost as if I could hear bells going off. Uh-huh. Warning bells. This is it, big guy. And, and it was. It was. ROV was able to bounce back. But with that radio station and its power and the popular radio personalities, uh, as we say in the country, that was a tough road to hoe. It really was, Larry. Well, you know, it, and I'm, I'm so thankful for my career, and part of my career was being there night one, that K92 went on the air. People ask me, you know, how did you all do it? And all, my only reply is it was just a magical time. The perfect staff was put together, and we were there to have fun on the radio. And I, I think we accomplished that. You said earlier in the interview that with ROV only, what, 30 miles or so, even though in the daytime, I, I could hear them over at my home in Martinsville in the daytime. But at night, you know, you're out maybe three, four, five miles. It, it had to do with the power, and it had to do with you guys being incredibly talented and I don't know what the program director at that time told you guys, but if he did say to you, get on the air and have fun, then you did exactly that. It was, it must have been a really fun radio station to work at. And I say that with admiration, but on the other hand, I say that with being so thankful that I was there at ROV during that very special time. What would you say has been your biggest accomplishment? In the business, Barry? Well, I'm, I would say that going on the air and not chasing away the listeners has probably been my biggest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, when you start a radio station, your heart, you know, it sinks because you're waiting for, as we talk about the ratings or the book to come back. But if you're waiting, you're waiting for the ratings to come back and they do drop once you're the new guy there at the radio station and inevitably they will. You know that that I'm trying to be a, a smart guy there, but it's true. You don't you don't really want that to have happened, but it has happened before. I just don't want to 
I don't want to chase away the listeners. That would be bad. Talking to my son when he was in the military, that was a pretty wonderful thing. Um, I've had some people, I don't know whether it happened with you or not, Larry, but I've had some people that, that I knew were in really bad shape and I've had them on the phone. Uh, I don't want to go so far as to saying that, that I helped somebody, you know, not commit suicide, but I've talked to some people that I knew was in, that, that were in bad shape and I've been able to maybe push them in the right direction. And that's something that all radio people do. And I don't know whether listeners to this podcast or radio actually know that it's not something that we talk a lot about because we're the aw shucks boy howdy guys we we are there to help you if you need it yeah and it, it was probably one of those situations that call never made it on the air but it was something that was done off the air yeah i guess we've all had some sort of experience like that in 50 years barry is there an interview or two that you've done that stands out as your favorite or even a clunker interview? I got to talk with this guy, and I'm trying to remember his name. He was a big star in a Western TV series back in the 1950s, and his first name was Hugh. I don't know whether I could even, because I've got a, a brain burp right now, as we call it in the business, got a brain burp. I can only think of Beaver Cleaver's father. His name was Hugh Beaumont, but... There, were, there was this big Western star, and his name was Hugh. In any case, maybe it's better that I don't mention his last name anyway, because I I got a chance to talk with him um, at Walt Disney World. We were, The radio stations from across the country were all invited to come there and help them celebrate their first, second, fifth, tenth anniversary. And I was lucky enough to be included in that. But I talked with him, and he was one of those guys, and I'd go, Hey, uh, tell me about your acting career. Well, it's okay. Um, well, so was it really fun being in that big series back in the 1950s? Yeah. So basically what I'm telling you, Larry, is all I got was yes and no answers. And he really, really just did not want to be there. Oh, boy. Yeah, I think we've all uh, been through one of those interviews and buried the tape afterwards so no one would ever listen to it, we hope. Yeah, no. I, I got to tell you that uh, the, the female... Actor Dana Delaney was one of my favorite people in the world to talk to because she's got a laugh. Of course, I've always had, and I'll say this with my wife Sandy being in the next room, I always kind of had a little crush on her. So talking with her, <laughs> Dana Delaney, I liked a lot. She was in China Beach. Uh, okay. Yeah, you remember her from that particular series. Cool, and and yes. she's been on some things since. But she's a great actor. She's a great human being. And she was just extremely... Uh, relatable person. I really enjoy talking with her. And like I say, I've got a whole bunch of those interviews. Uh, you know, Julia Roberts, uh, brother, Eric was also someone that was a, a very fun interview as well. I got to tell you, I've enjoyed them all. except Hugh, the cowboy star from the 19th. <laughs> <laughs> Barry has, has a listener ever said something to you that helped you know that radio was what you were born to do? I bet you that this has happened to you too, Larry. We've had listeners come up to, to us. I'm, I'm presuming that they've come up to you and said this too, but you'd be on a remote broadcast. And if they say these words, so you know you're on the mark. And the words are, you sound exactly in person like you do on the radio. You ever had that happen, Larry? I, I have. And then they would say, but you seem shorter in person. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you know what, Larry? I've gotten a form of that one too, along the lines of, you know, Barry, you, you don't, you don't look like you sound, and I, I, I never knew how to take that. What does that mean? <laughs> And I still don't, so that's okay. I think that's a compliment, and I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess guess it is, but I've gotten the short thing, too, Larry. And I mean, you know, you and I are kind of tall guys. I mean, we're almost six feet tall, but to have somebody say you're kind of short, it's like, oh, you know what I just thought about? I just thought about playing that song on ROV. This just popped into my mind. Remember that song, Short People, by Randy Newman? Oh, yeah. Do you do you remember some of the heck that we caught on the phones from some of the listeners about that song? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But see, when, when you're my height at 5'8", uh, it's like, hey, that's my anthem right there. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm not much taller, Larry. I'm 5'10". I was 6 feet when I started in radio, but you can see <laughs> what 50 years in radio has done to me. It's it's. <laughs> I understand. I I really do. Hey, Barry, where can folks hear you? Uh, I know both of your stations are online. Uh, Give us the uh, the websites I can go to and listen to you streaming. Uh, In the mornings on uh, the crossroads, it's us1023.com. And in the afternoons, well, in the mornings, too, between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m., it's Ocala's Y100.com. If you punched in Y100Ocala.com, it'll pop up for you in both places. I just want to thank you for sharing your radio talents uh, all over the dial for many years. I mean, much has changed in the industry, but you are a true talent. I, I love retirement, but with 50 years behind you, I think you have many more to come. If you so choose, I appreciate you joining me for Larry Dowdy, Mike's side in episode 47 with radio personality, Barry Michaels. If you like Mike's side, follow us wherever you download your podcast and be sure to share this podcast with someone by simply clicking on the share button. There's a new episode every other week. I hope you'll join me for the next Larry Dowdy, Mike's side. See you then.